The Unfortunate Mr. Ebsmith From Mr. Punch's Dramatic Sequels By St. John Henkin This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Notorious Mrs. Ebsmith Those persons who have seen Mrs. Patrick Campbell's magnificent performance in The Notorious Mrs. Ebsmith will have probably gone away with a quite false impression of the gentleman with whom Agnes Ebsmith spent her eight years of married life. For the first twelve months, she declares bitterly in the first act, he treated me like a woman in a harem, for the rest of the time like a beast of burden. This is not quite just to poor Ebsmith, who was a good sort of fellow in his commonplace way, and it is manifestly unfair that the audience should have no opportunity of hearing his side of the question. An attempt is made to remedy this injustice in the following prologue, which all fair-minded persons are entreated to read before seeing Mr. Pinero's very clever play. The Unfortunate Mr. Ebsmith Dramatis Personae Mr. Ebsmith Read by Bala Agnes Ebsmith Read by Capricia Page Narration by Todd Scene the dining-room of the Ebsmith's house in West Kensington. Agnes and her husband are at breakfast. They have been married seven years. She looks much as we see her in the early acts of the play. Gaunt, pale, badly dressed. He is a careworn man with hair slightly gray at the temples, an anxious forehead, and sad eyes. He is glancing through the standard in the intervals of eating his bacon. She is absorbed in The Morning Screamer, one of the more violent socialist radical organs of that day. Presently, Eb Smith looks up. You won't forget, Agnes, that we are expecting people to dinner tonight? Agnes, putting down her paper with an air of patient endurance. Ah? Uh? Eb Smith, mildly. I was saying, dear, if you will give me your attention for a moment, that I hoped you would not forget that Sir Miles Jawkins and his wife and the Spencers and the Thorntons were dining here tonight. Agnes, contemptuously. You seem very anxious that I should remember that Lady Jawkins is honouring us with her company. I only meant that I hoped you had told Jane about dinner. Last time the Jawkinses came, you may recollect, that you had omitted to order anything for them to eat, and when they arrived there was nothing in the house but some soup, a little cold mutton, and a rice pudding. Very well. Returns to her paper. Thank you. And Agnes, if you could manage to be dressed in time to receive them, I should be very much obliged. I? Of course. I suppose you will be here to entertain our guests? Your guests, you mean? My dear Agnes, surely my guests are your guests also. Agnes, breaking out. As long as the present unjust and oppressive marriage laws remain in force. Ebsmith, interrupting. I don't think we need to go into the question of the alteration of the marriage laws. Ah, oh, yes. You always refuse to listen to my arguments on that subject. You know they are unanswerable. Ebsmith, patiently. I only meant that there would hardly be time to discuss the matter at breakfast. Agnes, vehemently. A paltry evasion. Still, I assume that you will be here to receive our guests. My guess, if you prefer it, tonight. 
do you make a point of always being at home to receive my guests those anarchist people whom you are constantly asking to tea certainly not agnes with triumphant logic then may i ask you why i should be at home to receive the jawkinses my dear you surely realize that the cases are hardly parallel the only time i was present at one of your revolutionary tea-parties the guest consisted of a hyde park orator who dropped his hedges a cobbler who had turned socialist by the way of increasing his importance in the eyes of the community three ladies who were either living apart from their husbands or living with the husbands of other ladies and a polish refugee who had been convicted quite justly of murder you cannot pretend to compare the jockinses with such people indeed i can rhetorically in a properly organized society ebsmith testily i really can't stop to reorganize society now i'm due at my chambers in half an hour agnes sullenly as you decline to listen to what i have to say i may as well tell you at once that i shall not be at home to dinner to-night ebsmith controlling his temper with an effort may i ask your reason because i have to be at the meeting of the anti-marriage association can't you send an excuse send an excuse throw up a meeting called to discuss an important public question because you have asked a few barristers and their wives to dine you must be mad well i must put them off i suppose what night next week will suit you to meet them thursday on thursday i am addressing a meeting of the society for the encouragement of divorce friday agnes coldly friday as you know is the weekly meeting of the agamist league saturday on saturday i am speaking on free union for the people of battersea can you suggest an evening agnes firmly no i think the time has come to make a stand against the convention which demands that a wife should preside at her husband's dinner-parties it is an absurdity away with it ebsmith alarmed but agnes think what you are doing you don't want to offend these people spencer and thornton are useful men to know and jockins puts a lot of work in my way agnes with magnificent scorn how like a man and so i am to be civil with this jawkins person because he puts a lot of work in your way ebsmith meekly well you know my dear i have to make an income somehow i would sooner starve than resort to such truckling ebsmith gloomily we are likely to do that sooner or later in any case what do you mean ebsmith diffidently your ahem somewhat subversive tenets my love are not precisely calculated to improve my professional prospects what have i to do with your prospects the accounts of your meetings which appear in the newspapers are not likely to encourage respectable solicitors to send me briefs agnes indifferently indeed here is a report in today's standard of a meeting addressed by you last night which would certainly not have that effect shall i read it to you if you wish ebsmith reads the meeting which was held in st luke's parish last night under the auspices of the polyandrous club proved to be of an unusually exciting description 
the lecturer was mrs john ebsmith wife of the well-known barrister of that name breaking off really agnes i think my name need not have been dragged into the business go on as soon as the doors were opened the place of meeting the iron hall carter street was filled with a compact body of roughs assembled from the neighbouring streets and there seemed every prospect of disorderly scenes the appearance of mrs ebsmith on the platform was greeted with cheers and cries of mad agnes surely my dear you must recognise that my professional reputation is endangered when my wife was reported in the newspapers as addressing meetings in discreditable parts of london where her appearance is greeted with shouts of mad agnes nonsense who is likely to read an obscure paragraph like that obscure paragraph my dear agnes the standard has a leading article on it listen to this mrs epsmith's crusade against the institution of marriage is again attracting unfavourable attention last night in st luke's she once more attempted to ventilate her preposterous schemes crack-brained crusade bellowing revolutionary nonsense on obscure platforms this absurd visionary whom our audiences not inappropriately nicknamed mad agnes ultimately the meeting had to be broken up by the police we cannot understand how a man in mr epsmith's position can allow himself to be made ridiculous almost weeping i do think they might leave my name out of it in a leading article too is there any more of the stuff another half column do my dear to oblige me find some less ostentatious method of making known your views on the subject of marriage agnes anticipating a remark subsequently made by the duke of st alfred's unostentatious immodesty is not part of my programme ebsmith humbly could you not for my sake consent to take a less prominent part in the movement agnes enthusiastically but i want to be among the leaders the leaders that will be my hour ebsmith puzzled your hour i don't think i quite understand you there is only one hour in a woman's life when she is defying her husband wrecking his happiness and blasting his prospects that is her hour let her make the most of every second of it ebsmith wearily well my dear when it's over you will have the satisfaction of counting the departing footsteps of a ruined man departing certainly you and your crusade between them will have killed me but i must go now i ought to be at my chambers in ten minutes and i must go around and make excuses to jawkins some time this morning tell jane not to bother about dinner to-night i shall dine at the club exit curtain end of the unfortunate mr ebsmith